Oh, we got the nice music today. Uh? <laughs> this music makes me cry like every time. You know what? Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon and good evening. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of Not Too Taboo. It is a very, 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 very special episode. I'm so our, excited. Of our at home edition. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm here today with the lovely Gretchen Christine Rossi, who I am always with, thank God. <laughs> Couldn't do it on my own. Oh, you're so sweet, babe. Um, I legit don't think, I'm like coming unglued right now. I am so excited. Like, you know, in life where so many people get really starstruck by like celebrities and like, yes. you know, A-list actors or like all this stuff. I don't get starstruck like at all, right? Like you've no. known me for 11 no. years. I do not get starstruck. And you and our producers surprised me with our guest today. And I literally started crying. Like I she was did. She broke so excited. Look, I'm going to start crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's not kidding. I mean, literally, I can introduce her to princes or queens of countries, <laughs> which has happened. And she just like, yeah, nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, it doesn't phase her. So uh, this was very exciting for us to be able to surprise her with our guest today. He's a he's a very special man. Well, and the thing is, is, is just so the audience understands, um, you know, when there's people in your life that touch you that maybe you've never even met or, um, you know, that, that you've never had like a one-on-one -on -one interaction with, but their works and their writings or what they do in life has touched you in some special way. It's the pebble in the pond, Gretchen. <laughs> and this is what this man, Max, has done for me in my life. He has written so many amazing books. He is just an incredible author, um, person, pastor, um, husband, father, grandfather. I mean, there's so many things about him that I just love. Um, he's so inspirational. He is someone I look up to. And I literally just am so excited and so honored that he is here with us today. So I'm going to do a little bit of a long introduction because I just want people to understand how um, incredible this man is and everything that he has done. So um, the thing about Max Lucado is that you could literally grab any book from his extensive catalog and hand it to a friend going through challenging circumstances, knowing that they'll be helped and not preached at. That is my favorite part of his books, you guys. Um, these are the qualities that have made Max one of the world's most popular authors. Entering the 35th year as a published author with 140 million books in print, Max has occupied spots on every major national bestseller list. And during the COVID crisis, Max became a rich source of pastoral wisdom with more than 10 million views on his daily video check-ins, an online church in less than 45 days. That just goes to say how much our country and this world right now needs, you know, God in their lives with everything we're going through. In addition to pastoring virtually, Lucados continues to serve as teaching minister at Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas, where he has been on staff since 1988. His writing has been translated into more than 54 languages and has been featured in countless national media outlets. Lucado was dubbed America's pastor by Christianity Today and Fox and Friends, 
Reader's Digest called him the best preacher in America, which I happen to agree. She does agree with that. Um, him and, and, of course, my pastor, Rick Warren, which I love. Um, <laughs> and the New York Times named him one of the most influential leaders in social media. In addition to books, Lucado's writings have been shaped into additional 20 million products sold, including videos, devotionals, songs, greeting cards, booklets, Bible studies, commentaries, and theatrical released movies. So if there's... If you don't like books, there's a ton of other ways that you can find his writing. So please welcome Mr. Max Lucado. Yeah. We're so excited you you're here today. That, that was really gracious. Overdone, uh, but very, very gracious. It's a, it's a real treat to talk to you. My oh. goodness, what, what energy and what, what uh, excitement. You bring to people in your podcast how how encouraging you are and how desperately we need your encouragement in these uncertain times. Yeah, I agree. Oh, thank so you. Much. I agree with thank that because so she much. is that person. Oh gosh, I start. really just turned the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you saying that. You know, Max, when we first started this podcast, it was just really imperative to us. We called it not too taboo because we really wanted to be able to discuss any and every topic and have people feel like it was a place to come to where, you know, things that they struggled with or things that they didn't want to talk about or things that maybe were too taboo to talk about, that this could be a platform and a place for them to come to. And I think- Well, you have to go deeper, right? You have to be willing to discuss things, mm -hmm. to go deep, to take some learning, you know, and be enriched by the incredible guests like yourself who are willing to join us. That's right. the whole goal of this is to really give people, you know, something to grasp onto that's a bit more than you can find in today's you know, society. Right. That's so true. Um, that is. And a conversation so important because it seems like uh, there's a lot of yelling going on these days gosh, yeah. and not lots much, of noise, uh, yeah. lots of noise, lots of back and forth and squaring off and fist shaking. Not, not much healthy dialogue. Yeah. Just tell me how you feel. Let me share. Here's my point. Here's where I struggle. Here's mm -hmm. where we disagree. But, you know, just good, reasonable back and forth is really important. Right. I agree with you. Right now, we have such a heated culture, um, you know, and it's so divided. I mean, I I feel like, and maybe this is just because of what we're in right now, the temperature of the country and what's going on, but I just feel like we're more divided than ever. It just, it's like, literally, I see friendships, years of friendships being um, ripped apart and yeah. eroded because of the politics or because of, you know, somebody feeling a certain way about something that's happening. And it's, it's actually really sad to see. And I think that leads into a lot of the things that are happening, a lot of the, um, you know, epidemics that are happening. And I'm not just talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about mm -hmm. the things that are happening, you know, in our mental health and in our society yeah. with, um, yeah. you know, everything well, from anxiousness lon loneliness, to loneliness, isolation. to isolation, yeah. to fear, to, you know, confusion, to all of the um, struggles that we are having emotionally and mentally to even survive in today's world. You know, yeah, I, I had a really interesting thing happen uh, just uh, two days ago. I have a group of three or four guys, and, and when our schedules allow, we we meet at a certain golf course and play nine holes, and we walk. We walk, and we're getting old. You know, we're all in our 60s. <laughs> we need the exercise, and it's a lot of fun. It's a fun-loving group. Well, the funniest thing happened, or, or not, I shouldn't say funny. The most interesting thing happened. 
uh, as often happens, you end up being paired uh, just because of where your ball went. You're walking next to a particular person, right? Right. And so one of the guys uh, uh, just let loose, just let loose. He just erupted. He said, can you believe all the stuff that's happening with the NFL? They won't even kneel at the, at the football games. And he just kind of let loose on the whole Black Lives Matter uh, issue. And I mean, he meant it. And this is a okay he's a he's a he's a he's a good man he's yeah. a good man but he just let loose okay the very next hole i found myself walking down a fairway with another guy out of our our group yep this guy's a terrific guy a cardiologist actually a real respected fella and he had a whole different approach he he said max can you believe how hard it must be today to be a black man can you believe the challenges they're facing? Can you believe the weight that they have? So I, I, I left both of those, those conversations came back to back. And I thought, that's a microcosm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a microcosm of the world in which we live. Yeah. Uh, here's two guys, uh, very similar in background, very similar in their, uh, in their vocation, and yet they're reacting entirely differently to right. the same conflict. I guess what I'm saying is it's a hard time. Yeah. It's a hard, a lot of, a lot of triggers, a lot of things are being triggered within us. Max, I want to talk about, I want to start off by talking about, well, first of all, you are in Texas, isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. San Antonio. San Antonio. I love San Antonio for the audience. Um, many of you know, I went to school out in Texas at Baylor University. I'm a Baylor girl. Um, and San Antonio, I got to tell you, was one of my favorite places to go visit. I love being down there on the river and just, there was so much um, uh energy in that city there. I absolutely love it. So we have a little bit of that in common. And we were talking earlier about the weather and how um, unprecedented it's been here in California with the temperatures. Yeah, the heat has been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable and the humidity digits. and everything. But I have to say, like, I had an, I at least, I've dealt with this before because I was in Texas and I know how bad, <laughs> like, you know, humidity was 99% and it was, you know, a hundred and something degrees. So I at least have an idea, but I literally, there was a couple of days I'm like, I feel like I'm back in Texas, you know, with yeah. the, with yeah, the temperature here. Yeah. And when you guys were hitting the, how did it get up to 120? Did I see that? Yes. 120 in the valley for us. Yeah. 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 It ah, sure I did. cannot imagine. Yeah. Well, it never gets that hot here. It gets in triple digits often yeah. during the August and early September. Yeah. Uh, we just weather it. I mean, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. But uh, but to see what you guys had to face, that, yeah. that's pretty tough. Yeah, Are, you're, but you're not from Texas originally, right? No, no. I grew up in Southern California and then I went out yeah. to school in Texas. And then that was my home for four years. And I still I, we go back and visit a lot still. What, what caused you to pick Baylor? So this is a funny story. <laughs> so um, I had applied to uh, University of Washington, USC, Baylor, and I forget. Oh, and and a school in Colorado, um, U UC Boulder. I forget yeah, what it was UC called. Boulder. I, I forget if that was the name. But so, um, and you know, God bless. I got accepted to all the schools, and so I got a choice to pick. And this is going to sound so horrible, but when you were in high school. 
and you were just like at odds with your parents, right? Um, they had talked about, so I decided not to go to Washington because it rained all the time and I get like really depressed if it's raining all the time. So I was like, okay, that's out. And then um, USC was way too close to home still. And I was like, I need to get away from my parents, away from here. And then they talked about moving to Colorado and I was like, okay, Baylor it is. <laughs> so, so that was where I was at at that time. And, you know, obviously God had a hand in that. He knew where I needed to be. I have some of my nearest and dearest girlfriends still to this day from that school, from that experience. Um, and I'm just so grateful for such an incredible education and, and being able to go out there. But that was legitimately the reason that I chose Baylor. So, <laughs> so that's pretty we, funny. One of our, we have three daughters and one yeah. of our daughters, our youngest went to Baylor Oh, I and love it was it. a great experience is a great experience. She yeah. met her husband there. In fact, they still live in Waco. They moved away for a time, Wow! but they came back and they, they live in Waco. So, well, you know, yeah. it's funny. I just had Slade go out there with me a couple years ago and I was so excited to to show him my alma mater and right is that the right word that sounded wrong no i think that's right that sounded totally wrong maybe it's because it's too early in the morning <laughs> um <laughs> and it was so incredible to see what the school has become and oh, how much incredible i mean it was it was already amazing and already so beautiful when i went to school you know 20 something years ago but now to see what they have created and I mean, it's just, wow. I, my breath was taken away. Yours too, right? Mine too. I was, yeah. And I'm in Texas quite a bit. I have, I sit on a board in Dallas. So we've got some very, very amazing friends yeah. uh, in Texas and we love to visit. But yeah. When you took really me to fun. campus and I went, oh my gosh. Yeah. Even I was, I was surprised. I was like, wow, this place is so great. I'm, I'm actually from Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. So are you really? So when I got to see Gretchen's campus, I was straight up angry. <laughs> yeah, you're like really too funny. Yeah. Um, so Max, I want to talk about um, the timing of all this because I have I'm in a uh, women's Bible study right now, and we are studying currently "Anxious for Nothing," um, which I um, was so excited about this book. This couldn't have come at a more perfect time in my life, um, and I'm sure in many people's lives out there that are very anxious during this pandemic and a lot of things that are happening, we're gonna get to your newest book that you just released that I'm so excited to uh, talk with you about. But I wanted to touch about this book, Anxious for Nothing, and share something with you that happened for me. Um, and this is just such a testament to your writings and what you do and how you touch people and, um, and so I just want to share this for you. So I have shared this with a lot of my followers on Instagram. It's been so fun to see so many people reach out and say, thank you, Gretchen, for recommending this book. I ordered it. It's really, really helping me. Um, so it's been great to see it, you know, pay, pay it forward with so many people just by sharing what it is that I'm learning. Um, but I have really always struggled with being anxious. It's something that, um, I've never really quite figured out how to deal with. And, um, it's, it got really, really bad when I turned 38, it just really became out of control for me to the point where I like literally started thinking about like, do I need to take meds for this? Because I was struggling, right? Remember you 38, were. I was really struggling. And I remember I there know was where it all came from though. What? Where did it come from? Well, because, I mean, just to give you a foundation of this, you know, Gretchen's, Gretchen's parents are very protective. Mm -hmm. And in order to keep her highly aware of, unfortunately, the things that happen in our society, 
on a regular basis while she's away at school. She'd be getting <laughs> newspaper articles of this girl got kidnapped. Yeah, you this know, was my mom. These, these four my people whole were involved life. in a shooting. You yeah. know, this is what's happening in Waco. So yeah. you know, she constantly is being, you know, uh, I guess peppered with all of these negative, dangerous things that are happening. And then straight up. Was Thinking it, worst was case scenario. Was it yeah. the first week you were there that the girl passed in the swimming pool? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was So hard. a girl dove in. Gretchen just gets to campus. Girl dives into the swimming pool. Her friends are giggling. She doesn't come up. Gretchen dives in, retrieves her, starts to perform CPR, and the girl passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had oh, an because she had an aneurysm. Because <clears throat> she had an aneurysm. She had an aneurysm. Through school, she, she ends up dating an individual who was part of the cartel, Mexican cartel. She didn't know. She's <laughs> kidnapped, kidnapped at gunpoint, stuck in a closet. Like, <laughs> so my anxiousness level is very all high. All these things have happened to her. Like people don't even know these stories on our show. Yeah, they it's really something don't. We could share down the road. But yeah, she has been through a lot in her life. Yeah, We've dealt yeah. With stalkers. Yeah. You know, we had a stalker that was after her who's been convicted uh, that we have mm. a large judgment against. So you know, sadly, a lot of these these things that your parents were trying to protect you from. Have all come true. Well, no, not all come true. But the point is, is yes, I've had a lot of anxiousness in it's my justified, life. It's justified. That's all I'm saying. And um, it, it was funny because I was telling Slade when I, w- when I would go to sleep at night, he was like, Gretchen, I need to figure out, I need you to figure out how to stop being so anxious. I need you to like, you know, figure out yoga or this or that. And so I've tried everything under the sun. I've tried therapy, yoga, this, that. And when I read the chapter, Rejoice in the Lord's Sovereignty. It literally changed everything for me. It was the first time in my life at 42 years of age that I truly felt like I learned how to relinquish the anxiety in my life. And I want people to read the book, so I'm not going to give it all away, but I want to read one line um, that really helped me where it said, sovereignty is the term the Bible uses to describe God's perfect control and management of the universe. And for me, that just resonated so deep within my soul because I, for the first time in my life, I really just realized like, Gretchen, no matter how much you worry, no matter how anxious you are, no matter what, like God is in control. Like he is going to be the final say on everything, no matter you know, how many hours you sit there and, and think, what? how can I make this happen? How can I control this? And I'm not even explaining this correctly, but I don't know why that just made everything so much clearer for me. So I don't know if, Max, you can even touch on that a little bit more. Um, as- you, you're saying it correctly, though, because this is where, and Max can correct me because he will know better than me, but this is where, when you give it up to God, this yeah. is where it comes from. Yeah. When, when the pastor says, but it's different, don't but, have panic, pray. Right. Don't have fear, have faith. Right. These, these are those, but, these but, are here's, those but here's the thing that I struggle with. It's always like, just give it up to God. Remember, I always had, I have the big you know thing on my wall. It says, let go, let God. I just never knew actually how to do it. Like everyone always said, just lean in, let go, let God. And I was no. always like, that's always, that's great. But like, how do you actually do that? Yeah. Okay, Max, it's on well, you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I've got to, I opened up a Bible because today's reading for me, Yeah. today's reading, again, here's a picture of God's sovereignty, I think. Today's reading for me is about and included what I call the greatest sermon ever preached on anxiety. Oh. And, and it's a sermon by Jesus yeah. uh, in which he talked about, do not worry. And he uses that phrase, do not worry, I think four times. Wow. He says, do not worry about your clothes. Do not worry about everyday life. It's in Matthew chapter six. So okay. I'm sitting here with an open Bible. 
uh, he, he, there's just so many great lines here, like this one. If God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone mm-hmm. tomorrow, won't he surely care for you? What right. a great line. Right. And then he says, don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Here, here's the line. Your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Yeah. And he will, he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, my heart goes out to you because I'm anxious too. I've, str- I've struggled with anxiety. I struggle with sleep. Yeah. Uh, sleep has been an issue for me since I was a child. My mm-hmm. parents, they're both past now, but they reminded me as I, as I was struggling with insomnia when I was in my 30s. They said, well, you were struggling with this when you were six and seven. Wow. I, I, could, I couldn't shut my brain off. Yeah, me too. my brain off. She, yeah. the same and, way. And, and, and so to, you, to those of you, I say, uh, number one, don't beat yourself up. Okay. Just don't beat yourself up. Uh, some of us are just are. are I don't know. Uh, my I, I I go to. I have gone to. Uh, uh, to I have received professional help. Right. I keep I keep medication in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I acknowledge that this for me is going to be a life issue. Okay. Right. Uh, and so don't add to your anxiety by feeling anxious about being anxious. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I really do think some of us are wired differently. Yeah. Just like some people have uh, stomach issues, others of us have, have brain issues. Our little amygdala, that little part of our brain mm-hmm. that is there to alert us to danger, uh, for some of us, it, it, it just won't shut off. It's now, hyperactive. Why is <laughs> hyperactive? Hyperactive. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't think anybody knows exactly why. Everybody yeah. has theories, right? I think all of them have, have weight. For example, some people say it's just genetic. Other people say at a young age or young, uh, uh, younger part of your life, the first third of your life, uh, you endured traumatic experiences and certainly sounds like you did that. And that leaves you with a slight, maybe a serious version of PTSD. Yeah. You know, you just got that. You, you react differently. You react yeah. differently. Uh, my wife has absolutely no fear that we're going to run out of money. I have lived with the fear of being a poor money manager all my life. Yeah. And and I think it's because my parents were raised in the depression. Yeah. And they just kept pounding that into me, pounding absolutely, that into me, yeah. you know. So we have all these explanations. But please don't beat yourself up. And then lastly, I, I, the, the third thing I'd say is the beauty of God's sovereignty. Yeah. That, I'm so happy you brought that up. Yeah. Because God's sovereignty is that theological term that says that God not only created the world, but he sustains the world. Right. He sustains right. the world. And what I urge people to do is let God hold you. Let God hold you. When I go to bed, when I cannot sleep, and again, I have medication, and, I, and I'll use it on occasion. Uh, but when I can't sleep, I have this image. I go through this exercise of climbing up in my Heavenly Father's lap. Mm. And I feel strong arms around me, you know. Uh, I, I don't that. think any of us are, are too sophisticated, too mature, that we don't need to climb up into the lap of a loving Heavenly Father yeah. and allow Him to hold us. Now, yeah. I know there are many people who don't believe in God, who are right. cynical, who react to a comment like that and they yeah. say, yeah, that might work for you. My response is always just give it a go. Yeah. 
Just, just try it out. What have you got to lose? Just, yeah. What you got to lose? Yeah. You know? What you got to lose? And, and, and yeah, cl- instead of counting sheep, but just to try something different. Try something different. <laughs> yeah. Can I clarify yeah. something yeah. too with you, Max? Is that reading that you had open, is that your reading for today? It is. It really is. Okay. Uh, I, I, I got up early like you did because I have had several interviews today, but I had a 30-minute break a while ago, and I said, okay, I want to read the Bible a little bit, and today's reading was Matthew chapter 6. So here's, here's what I love about that is that Gretchen and I have had this ongoing uh, you know, joke for 10 years, but, but God literally answers her prayers through email and video. So she can be struggling with a family member. She can be struggling with a hardship or something that's, you know, happened maybe with a friend or something that's going down at work. And without fail, (laughs) every minute she's in bed, (laughs) literally in tears, crying about something, I hear, bling, bling. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and Here it's like an email, email from God. And, and I'm like, really? Specifically <laughs> about that particular topic. So it really is funny. You are just fulfilling this ongoing tradition yes. that if she wants to bring up, I'm having issues with anxiety, of course it's going to be the reading that uh-huh. you have open today. Mm-hmm. That's so just true. how the That's Lord works. It's yeah, so true. just how he works. He's well, very sophisticated, it, by the way, for talk, those people that don't understand. Talk about, um, you know, what this like God working this book anxious for nothing. I didn't, you know, I've never read it before. I didn't know much about it. Um, about this particular book. I know a lot about a lot of your books, but this one I hadn't read yet, which you would be surprised. You would think that this would be the number one thing on my list. Um, but, uh, when the very first section of the book talked about my favorite Bible verse of all time, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, or I guess 4 through 8 technically, if you read the whole thing where it starts with Joyce in the Lord. Um, but my favorite verse of all time is, do not be anxious for anything, but in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, give your requests to the Lord, and on and on and on. Um, so, Don't you think it's interesting that that's your favorite verse, but it's the one thing you've been struggling to do? I know. But that's why it's my favorite verse, because I have to repeat that in my head on the daily to keep myself... Grounded, grounded, centered. And um, when I opened this up and I read that and I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, this is just another sign from God that like, you know, he's listening to me and hearing my needs and, you know, what I need in my life. So um, speaking of which, what we need in our lives, Max, let's talk about your newest book release that I know is going to help millions and millions of people out there. Um, was the book released today or was it yesterday or when did it get released? Today. Today. So today (laughs) you are releasing your new book, which is called You Are Never Alone. You are stronger than you think because God is nearer than you know. I'm so excited about this book for you. Please tell us um, a little bit about the book and how it came about. Well, I, uh, pre-pandemic, was sensing uh, a lot of people dealing with loneliness. This yeah. this is a this has been an ongoing ongoing epidemic uh, in our culture, and it's an interesting conversation to have. Why are we so lonely? Why is depression uh, increasing? Why are our suicide rates uh, yeah. most tragically uh, yeah. increasing? And it's there are no simple answers to this, uh, but there is there is a level of of loneliness where people just feel disconnected connected from deep uh, life-giving relationships. Then layer on to that what we've gone through in 2020, right. uh, where we've been told to, you know, lock down, avoid people, wear a mask, stay six feet from people, don't shake hands, don't, 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 
you know, breathe on anybody. Yeah. And it, I tell you, it is taking its toll on us. Uh, I read a few days ago that uh, filings for divorce are up 26 percent of oh, what no. they were during the same time last year. And so it's just taking its toll on us. So yeah. I'm so thankful that this book was already on the runway, ready to be released yeah. uh, as, as, as we're dealing with this. Yeah. Uh, the, the big idea of the book is that it, it posits the question, could it be, could it be, might it be possible that we could have a relationship, a spiritual relationship with God uh, that is so vibrant that even when our physical relationships are not working, that our spiritual relationship can keep us sane and healthy and strong. And so I think that's the promise of the Bible, and that's the promise I'm pursuing in this book. I love that. Um, you know, for a lot of people out there that might not know some of the statistics um, regarding um, loneliness and people struggling, in the last 50 years, rates of loneliness have doubled in the U.S. by 46 percent. Um, and, you know, loneliness is rampantly affecting younger Americans, which is very concerning to me, you know, raising a daughter in today's culture. Um, and one study showed that 22% of millennials say they have zero friends, you guys, zero friends like that. 22%. 22%, you guys. And that is devastating to me that people don't have that community and don't, feel like they have the source of, um, you know, relationship with somebody. I mean, the Bible talks about all the time of how important community and relationships are in our lives. That's why God gave them to us. So um, this really is an epidemic that we are going through right now. And it's something that we really need to take um, a hard look at. Um, and obviously the coronavirus crisis is exact. I can't say that word. Exasperated. Exasperating. I can't say that word. It's too early for me. <laughs> um, it's exasperating an already rampant epidemic of isolation and depression. Um, the CDC found that one in four young adults contemplated suicide during the month of June, which just breaks my heart. And 75% of young adults reported anxiety and depression in June 2020 compared to June 2019. So... Um, you know, your new book aims to give hope to those struggling with loneliness. So why do you think loneliness is such an epidemic? And how would you say that the message of the gospel specifically offers a cure to the proliferation of loneliness today? I love, I love technology. I love it. I depend on it. I count on it. But I think a downside of technology is that it is interrupting the natural development of the capacity to main, to, to initiate and sustain relationships. Right. Uh, technology has, has reduced uh, relationships to text messages, mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to pictures on Instagram, uh, to Facebook reactions. Uh, and consequently, the ability to call somebody and say, hey, let's talk this through or let's share our differences. Uh, that's increasingly becoming a lost art. And, 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 there is no there is no substitute for one-on-one -on -one conversations in yeah. which you and I sit down over a cup of coffee and I genuinely ask you, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Are you holding up all right? Uh -huh. uh, I know I know again, I love technology and I'm really not one of these people who you know bashes the latest technological advances because right. I use them as you mentioned earlier, I, I, I really get online and talk to people all the time about life. but 
we, I think we're paying a price right there. I think we're paying a price. And then secondly, my second answer to that question is, biblically speaking, the, the, the biblical perspective for loneliness is, first you have a relationship with God, and then you have a relationship with others. Yes. First, you have Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're having a hard time loving your neighbor, it could be because you're disconnected with God. Mm -hmm. And that's the focus of, of, of this book. This book focuses on believing in a God who believes in you. Mm-hmm. And looking at the stories in the scripture that help you believe to step out on that 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 bridge of faith that says, okay, I'm going to believe that God really does know me. God really does care about me. And I want to pursue a relationship with him that is so life-giving and so honoring of him that when these seasons come in which I'm cut off from people, that I have him. He is my source. He is my strength. And because I have him, I'm not going to go off the ledge. I, 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 I may be challenging, but I'm going to continue to lean into him and, and trust him. And, and, and so that's what I'm inviting people to do. Uh, I took the miracles out of the Gospel of John yeah. uh, because the Gospel of John was written so we could have life. And, and, and that's what people need these days. So I just took those miracles and, and said, okay, exploring this miracle, what does this miracle, water to wine, raising Lazarus from the dead, walking on the water, what does this miracle have to say to you that would help you deal with the loneliness in your heart? What do you yeah. what do you say to I have two questions. It's kind of a twofold question. First and foremost, do you feel that people that aren't necessarily Christians um, can benefit from your book? Whether like let's say they just aren't a person of faith and but they still are longing for something. They need something to give them hope or encouragement. Do you think that um, your books are are good for people like that? And also, um, what do you say to the people that say there's no such thing as miracles? Because I get this a lot. Uh, the, the first the first question is yes, yes. I, I really, I really would hope that for the cynic, for the doubter, for the one who struggles, uh, the one who does not believe, I would really hope that this book uh, and and all of my books, but this one in particular, would would speak to their hearts because you need to know I struggle in my faith. In fact, I dedicated a chapter to talking about how difficult it has been for me to believe in the zany stuff the zany core issues of the Christian faith. I mean, look at us. Wow. We believe that God became a human being. Right. Is that not the craziest thing in right. the world? Right. We believe that he, we believe that he placed himself as a seed, an embryo in a, in a virgin, right. in a virgin for crying out loud. And that he was born not in Rome, not in Athens, but in some map dot of a town called Nazareth that none of us would have ever heard of had it not been the birthplace of Jesus Christ. I mean, or Bethlehem and then yeah. raised in Nazareth. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I just make a list of all these crazy things that, that we believe in. I get it. I get it. Faith is not our native language. Yeah. Uh, and so I talk about why I still believe in the book. Uh, but if somebody doesn't believe, I, I, I'm not going to be the one who say you should believe or yeah. you got to believe. I'm going to say, I get it. I get it. Here's why I do believe. Yeah. And, I, and I, think that, I think that belief, I think that faith in a day like in which we live is so essential, is so essential. And, 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 I, and I will say this, I've tried plan B. I've tried a faithless life. Yeah. 
you, you were awfully kind in your introduction and all those nice things you said about me. What you should have said, though, is that he's an old converted drunk. Yeah. He's I just a drunk saying that. that God found. Wow. I, and so uh, God's been good to me, and I've tried plan B. So, yeah, I, I really hope. Now, about the miracles. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. My response is you, you're experiencing miracles. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. There's miracles everywhere. Every day. There's miracles everywhere. And, and whether you see them or whether you don't, that's okay. That's okay. It sure would help, however, if you were able to tune yourself in. So be open to the idea. Be open to the idea of a miracle working God. And I think that I think the God who wants to show you how much he loves you will reveal to you the miracles yeah. of, of life. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds that I would be reading Matthew 6 this morning? I know. Well, no, those are, that's that's, we're that's talking, what we're talking that's about. A small These little miracle. miracles. Yeah, that's a small, it's a small miracle. We've witnessed. We've witnessed yeah. far greater for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've witnessed yeah. far greater. And I and I want to I want to add to this conversation a little bit because I you know I I don't believe myself to be uh, very sophisticated in any way. Uh. But what I can tell you, <laughs> but what I can tell you is that you know through through my uh, you know desire to increase my faith. Uh, and my relationship with God. There's some little things that have really checked my box. You know, when our pastor has said, the first thing I do in the morning is I spend my time with God. Life is hard. Life is really, really, really tough. But what that does is I feel like I'm wrapped in a bulletproof vest. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm forced to make difficult and challenging decisions, I now have a perspective. I now have a direction to the path I should be taking in order mm -hmm. to make a better decision based upon that relationship or that conversation with God. And if people are, are struggling with this loneliness and this depression because they feel so alone, I want to encourage people to talk to God. Mm -hmm. If you look and study the Bible and if you go through these verses, there are lessons in there. There are life lessons for you to utilize on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's the beauty of the book is that since the beginning of its, its written existence, the experiences people went through, the struggles, the challenges, and everything they've had to go through are so relatable to today. And it's literally a guidebook, right, of how to deal with the challenges of life. And then someone said something to me recently that really impacted me, and I wanted to share this with you. Everyone talks about the fact, well, why should I have a relationship with God? Why should I develop that relationship? And somebody said to me, well, let me ask you this question. At the end of the day, who do you let in your house? Who gets to come in? You only let people in your house that you personally know, a friend, a family member, someone you've become acquainted with. You don't let strangers in your house. So if it is your desire to be welcomed at some point into the house of the Lord, it is on you to facilitate the relationship. Now, if you choose not to facilitate that relationship, God will respect that because you have free will. The difference is, is that wherever you decide to go, he just may not be there. And I thought that was very impactful for me. It, it really was this motivation behind me to really continue to work on my relationship. Well, I think we're, when you say he just won't be there, he's always there. He's just waiting for you to open the door and let him in. But that's my you point. You know what I mean? He, 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 your free will, you're welcome to go wherever you want. It just doesn't mean yeah. that you're going to have access to, to the Lord's house because he lets in those people he has a relationship with. Yeah. That was the message, the message behind it. Yeah. No, and, I, and I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I think that's good because that shows that you are, you realize that like for you to have a stronger, more connected relationship with God and for Him to be in your home we have to on talk. the daily, you How have to talk have and communicate and, and, and connect with Him. And if I do that, then I'm never lonely. 
Um, Max, I want to tell you, I want to um, bring something up. I so appreciate your authenticity in sharing what you just shared about, you know, um, struggling with um, being a, a alcoholic and, or I, I don't even know if that's the right word, but you struggled um, with some of that in your life. Yeah. Um, and I, and I just recently read that you actually struggled through a pretty tough time as well with um, a horrible man in your life that molested you when you were younger. Um, and I only want to touch a little bit on these things because I think that, you know, like you said, when you first introduce you, it sounds like you've just been this incredible man that has never done anything wrong and you're perfect and you're this. And what I love about your authenticity in that is that A, you took your mess and turned it into your message. And B, that um, it just goes to show that anybody out there listening, you guys, it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. There is a God that still loves you and that there is redemption in whatever it is that you've been through. And so Max, I want you to touch a little bit more about that because I think that helps people that maybe aren't super... Um, connected to God or aren't super faithful and they feel like ashamed of whatever they've had happen in their lives. And so they're like, well, I'm not worthy of reading these books or I'm not worthy of God's love or anything like that. So can you touch a little bit on that for our our listeners? Yeah. You know, both of those that you, you mentioned, that was the hard part to me when I was uh, about 21 years of age and, and I wanted to, I was really intrigued by the Christian faith, but I was a drunk. I mean, I was, a six pack of beer a night with all my buddies and we got in fights. We hung out in bars. We just, we, you know, I was just a rabble rouser and I just didn't think God could forgive a jerk like me. I just really didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, it was as simple as, you know, it, but what else am I going to do? <laughs> Where else am I going to go? Yeah. I don't have anywhere else to turn. Yeah. And so I, I, I turned to Christ and, and it was, it was, it was life changing. Uh, he accepted me. Now he he didn't say he didn't say clean up so you can come in. He said come in. I'm going to start cleaning you up. Yeah. And that's been a lifelong process. I'm not oh, kidding. Amazing. It is a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. Um, you you mentioned uh, something that I mentioned in the book, and I'd never shared this story until the book, uh, but it just seemed to fit. Yeah. Uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, a group of us, there were, there were five of us that went on a camping trip with a, a man in our community that uh, we thought was a mentor, mm. uh, but he, he was a predator. And as we unpacked the tents, uh, he also pulled out a, a box of whiskey and he proceeded to drink through the bottles and work his way through the sleeping bags of every boy. Oh he God. did things I'll, I'll never repeat and I don't need to, but I'll never yeah. forget. It was horrible. It was a nightmare. And again, this is what, 19, I'm, I'm born in 55. That would have been 67. No, no cell phones, right? We're right. out in the middle of nowhere. So we couldn't escape. So, and then he told us to not tell anybody about it because people would blame us. Right. When you're 12 years old, you believe yeah. that. Yeah, and, of course. And so, but, but here's what happened, and here's why I told the story. Uh, I got back home on a Sunday evening. Our, our, I was raised in a church-going family, and our church celebrated communion every Sunday. And I really wished I had longed. Uh, I came home thinking, I wish I could have had a communion service today. Uh, and so I waited until my parents went to bed. I didn't tell them anything. I never told them anything. Wow. They went to their grave not knowing this story. Wow. And so, uh, uh, but I, I at, at about 9.30 or 10 at night, after I'd taken a bath, put on my pajamas, after they were already in bed, 
uh, I, I was the only one in the house uh, uh, that was awake. And I went in and I staged my own communion service. Uh, I found wow. the elements in the refrigerator. I couldn't find any bread and juice, but I found potatoes and milk. I, just, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And so I, I put it on a plate and I, and I thanked the Lord for the redemption of my soul. Wow. And, and here's what I'll, Here's what I'll tell you. I, I felt the presence of Christ. I felt it as profoundly in that moment as I have felt at any time in my life. It was just wow. profound. And wow. I felt his presence. I felt his healing. I felt his cleansing. Wow. And, and it, was a, it was a supernatural moment. Yeah. Now, what, what I would say to, to your, you and to your listeners is just create those opportunities for Christ to come. Just create them. You may feel it. There are many times, however, I have not felt it. So I don't want to say the feeling is important. What matters is the promise of Christ. Right. And Christ said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Right. So odds are somebody's hearing these words and you feel today what I felt like then. Maybe you feel ashamed. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel taken advantage of. Would I? Could I urge you? Could I beg you? Just Create an opportunity, create space. Like we said earlier, open the door, open the door and say, Christ, would you come in? I've never talked to you about this. Maybe I've never talked to you in my life, but I want to give it a go. Would you please come in and let, can we talk about this? Would you bring healing to me? And sometimes that healing will come immediately, supernaturally. Sometimes that healing will require the help of a priest or a pastor or a therapist. But I believe our God is a God of healing. And, uh, and if you open the door, invite him into that struggle, there, there, there's a new day waiting for you, my friend, and it's a day of healing. Amen. That's so That's beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Um, so, Max, I know that you um, have to, you have, you're a very busy man, so you have to get going. I could literally talk to you for five more hours. But I think um, the thing that I want to just wrap up with is, you know, I mean, you said so many amazing things, but with this new book, I just really want to encourage the listeners out there, um, especially in the environment and in the you know landscape that we are today. If, if any of you out there truly are just feeling lonely or struggling or feel like nobody's listening or nobody's there, um, Max was touching on this earlier about, you know, having this relationship with God and before you can love your neighbor, you need to have, um, you know, love God first. And I think that interconnects with our soul of loving ourselves first. And I think during a pandemic, I think anytime something like this happens where it's forcing all of us to take pause and forcing all of us to stop in our tracks and really take a hard look at our lives, this is why I really want people to read this book is because I feel like a lot of us don't even know how to love our own selves. And I think sometimes God forces us to be in these situations where we have to take a hard look at ourselves and see what's going on in our own lives and in our own hearts. And I think through your book, people might be able to reconnect and learn how to love themselves through the image of God. You know what I mean? Like I feel like uh -huh. because of the connectivity that they might feel this void in their hearts or this void of this loneliness or all this stuff that just by reading your book, they might be able to, you know, um, have a veil over that emptiness and that sadness that they have mm -hmm. felt for so long. And it might simply be through just learning how to love themselves again, because I think we are so dependent, especially today on social media and everything. It's always about like, 
Do they like me? How many likes do I have? How many, you know, we're, uh, post do I get? How many of this? And it's like, we're so distracted by all the noise as Slade was saying earlier that we forget to just sit still and listen to Mm. God and listen to, you know, his um, presence in our life and know that we are truly loved deeply, um, you know, by our maker. So I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to encourage anyone out there that might be struggling with that, whether you're faithful or not to just really maybe pick up this book and it might help you get through that, even if it's just learning how to love yourself again. Yeah, that's true. Well, and you've written over a hundred books. So what would you say it makes this one uh, really, really special? Well, I think the timing on this one, given what we're going through, is is really unique. Uh, I do recall I had a book that released uh, two days after 9-11, and I have the same sensation. And that book was uh, on the 23rd Psalm. And uh, it's just like God said, okay, I know my people. I know the world is going to be in chaos, and so I want to have a message uh, for for the people, and I feel the same about about this one. That yeah. that this message is sovereignly, providentially placed yes. uh, in our culture for for a time such as this. Uh, th- we all need help. You think about 2020 has just about knocked us off our feet. The pandemic, yeah. Yeah. the economic struggle, the joblessness. Uh, the racial unrest, the fires on the West Coast, the hurricanes on the Gulf Coast, and then a a presidential election that's just driving everybody crazy. I don't don't know, you know, folks, it's a hard year. It's a hard year. Really, really hard year. You got to put some good thoughts in your head because there's a lot of negative and fearful thoughts coming your way. Yeah. So I have a, I have a philosophy too that, that has kind of helped Gretchen and I through, you know, some of our struggles and we've kind of come to realize, and, and maybe you can answer this last question, but we, we do believe that, you know, uh, and I'm saying this to our listeners just to, again, give them a better understanding of how we, we believe uh, things work. But if, if I pray for God to give me faith, I truly believe that he doesn't just give you faith. He gives me an opportunity to be faithful. Yeah. And if I word. pray to God for courage, mm-hmm. he doesn't give me courage, but he gives me the opportunity to become courageous. Yeah. Right. And in those moments, that's what develops or evolves me as an individual. It's not just given to you, but you're being given the opportunity to become more than you are today. Mm. And I think that's maybe the lesson that people need to realize Mm -hmm. because I think they may pray, they may ask, and they may not just see the gift being handed to them. They may not be awakened enough to know he's giving you an opportunity to walk forward in your life and take advantage of an opportunity to be more courageous. I agree 100%. In fact, I noticed that while studying the miracles in the Gospel of John, that in each miracle, uh, there's an invitation of Jesus to participate in the miracle, like like feeding the 5,000 plus women and children. Uh, when the little boy brought his, you know, basket full of bread and fish and Jesus multiplied it, there's just the little phrase, he told the disciples to distribute the bread. Well, isn't that an interesting thing? They were the ones who said, we can't feed all these people. So Jesus says, okay, I, right. need, you to, I need you to be a part of the miracle that you said Witness could not happen. You, you know, they could have said, oh, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. Yeah. But they, at that point, said, oh, okay, something's going on here. And so yeah. they were obedient. When, 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 when Jesus raised Martha, I'm sorry, raised Lazarus from the dead. Remember, he told Martha, move the stone out of the way. And she didn't want to. 
He's been yeah. dead for four days, you know. Uh, but she did. She did. So you're absolutely right. When there's a miracle, there's an opportunity for us to respond in obedience to it. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, Max, let the audience know where people can find you. Well, first of all, where they can find your new book, um, which again is called You're Never Alone, Trust in the Miracle of God's Presence and Power. Where can they find your new book? Okay, just maxlocato.com. Okay. Of course, Amazon or any place books are sold. Okay, great. And then where can everyone find you on social media? Maxlocato.com. There we go. Uh, is, is everything. Like yeah, that's, it that's, simple. that's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, Max, we can't say thank you enough for thank coming on the so podcast thank today. You. Thank you. We appreciate you taking the time. You're a delight. You're a delight. Oh, thank, thank you so thank much. You. We wish you much continued success and health and a, yep. and a better 2020, right? Amen. So great that he was able to come join us. I know. That was so much fun. I can't believe we had Max on. That was amazing. Yeah, really incredible. Oh my gosh, such a, such a, such a treat for me today to have, um, Max on. I mean, like I said, he's, he's truly been such an influence in my life. Um, read so many of his books. He's helped me through so many things right now, you know, dealing with, um, you know, just my anxiousness on, on the daily, if you will. Um, and his new, or you know, the book that I've been reading in my Bible study, Anxious for Nothing. Um, very excited about his new book. Um, uh, you are never alone. Am I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. You are never alone. Trust in the miracle of God's presence and power. I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm really saying this from the bottom of my heart, you guys, anyone out there, when you read his books, you do not feel like you're getting preached at, at all. Like you don't even necessarily feel like you're, you're listening to a pastor talk. Or to a sermon. Like, yeah. Or like a sermon or anything like that. It truly is just it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, isn't it? With some yeah. great, great talking points, almost like you're having coffee with your friend. Yeah. He's guiding you through the challenges of life. Yeah. And he just, you know, he obviously happens. It's like anything in life. Let's say you're sitting down with your friend and you're having a, um, you know, discussion about getting advice about how to deal with a boyfriend or a breakup or something like that. It's like, it's like that. So it's like somebody's going to give you advice from experience and from things that they've learned and things they know. And it's the same thing with Max. It's like you read his books and it's like, yes, they're faith-based and they're biblically based, but it, it doesn't feel like he's telling you, well, if you don't do this, it's wrong. Or It's like you just listen to it and it's such sound advice and you go, oh, wow, maybe, maybe that could help me, you know, or maybe right. if I see it from this point of view, or maybe if I, you know, um, understand this verse better, it will give me peace in this space in my life or whatever. So anyways, that was very cool. So do we, cool. do we have um, a question of the day? What do you think? I don't even know if we have a question of the day. There was, you know, I guess the question of the day really is if you find yourself facing struggles, facing loneliness and challenges, and you, you feel like there isn't a way out. You feel like you don't have a, a clear path on how to take yourself out of that environment or out of that situation. This is a great opportunity to do something a bit different. Mm -hmm. Maybe look up. Yeah. Maybe start facilitating a relationship. Maybe reading uh, about some of the incredible stories that have happened that will become guides to you and how to deal with the challenges and difficulty of loneliness and depression and so forth. Yeah, for sure. Start that relationship today because it's there for you to mm -hmm. have you just have to do the outreach. Yep. I agree. Open that door, right? Open that door. <laughs> All right, you guys, don't forget to subscribe, download, leave us, you know, a fabulous five-star review as I know you want to. Um, thanks for joining us today. Um, please DM me. Let me know what you're thinking about this podcast. We love you guys. God loves you and God bless.